gotta make things happen. This is the Peter Perry Audio Smash. Quick question. Ever wonder how to deal with change? Change in business or change in life when it comes along and slaps you in the face? In this video, I'm going to tell you exactly what's worked for me. Start to be great is on right now. Hey everyone, Peter here with RevG Media, helping you do great work and be great at helping others. I've been focused on business and personal development for 20 years, and I'm the creator of the Start to Be Great podcast. At RevG Media, I work with companies that are looking for faster revenue growth. Have you ever had any of these challenges? You're sailing right along, doing well in your business and in your life, and then bam, all of a sudden change comes out of nowhere. It could be a change in the economy, a change in the market, a new competitor, a new technology, new distribution channel, but whatever it is, the change comes in and disrupts your life. As many of you business owners know, any change in your business also affects your personal life and vice versa. It would be nice to think that we could separate business life and personal life, but I can tell you from experience, when you're working for a large company, it's much easier to separate business and personal life than when you're working for yourself. When you're the owner or the CEO of the company, it can be almost impossible. My friend, I'm here to tell you that I've been through lots of change in my life. I've been through market changes and situations where new competition creates change. I've also been through several major changes in my personal life. I'm going to tell you a little about these things so you can understand where I'm coming from. So hopefully you don't have to deal with the same bullshit that I did. Starting back in the late 90s, I was one of the first people to become involved in digital media. I built a company that was one of the top 200 websites in the world for traffic. For those of you that are too young to remember the dot-com bubble, the NASDAQ stock market dropped by 75%. What's worse than that is we were selling advertising and the price of advertising dropped by 90%. This was devastating to our business. I took a look at all the available advertising though that was out there and realized it was a huge opportunity. The opportunity was to be a buyer of advertising, not a seller. Even to this day, unless you can be Facebook or Twitter or Google, I still feel that the opportunity in online advertising is to be a buyer. By embracing the change and seeing the opportunity, I was able to benefit. On the contrary, at a time when I didn't deal, a time when I didn't deal so well with change was the advent of social media. My company was humming along quite nicely, buying digital advertising primarily through affiliates. And then along came blogging. And then along came YouTube. And then along came Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. Honestly, I looked at it all as a pain in the ass. I was doing really well, really easily, by focusing on traditional display ads, which I was getting primarily through affiliates. But I didn't realize what was happening was a consolidation of traffic around a handful of providers. Those providers wanted to work directly with advertisers, not affiliates. But rather than embrace the change and figure out the new media, I continued to rely on what I had done in the past. Unlike the first time, when I embraced the changes, I put my head in the sand. This move was incredibly stupid, and so I was late to the game in social media. Others who jumped on the bandwagon early have totally crushed it. So that's just a couple of examples of things I've dealt with in my business life. And in my personal life, I've been through a couple major changes. I'm not going to go into the details here, but just know, for those of you who are going through personal challenges, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Even the loss of a relationship can represent an opportunity. 
but probably not in the way you're thinking of. Anytime the door to a relationship closes, even if it's a relationship that you wish you still had, the closing of that door represents an opportunity to have more of the most precious commodity in the world. What's the world's most precious commodity, you ask? Time. Time is our most precious commodity. And anytime a relationship ends, you have more time. Time to work on yourself and time for new relationships. You have no idea how they might impact you and help take your life to the next level. Those new relationships could be love interests, but also could be friendships or business relationships. When one door closes, another opens. So anyway, through all those changes, I did a good job dealing with some of them, and I did a shit job in dealing with others. More recently, I've had some time to think. My goal was to figure out what mindset do I need to deal with change in the right way. Better yet, is there a framework I could use to help myself actively turn change into opportunity? You see, asking how to deal with change is the wrong question. That question comes from a frame that change is a bad thing. But we know the only constant in life is change. Therefore, why not be proactive and look for the changes that are coming and turn them into opportunities and just do that again and again throughout our lives? Thinking of change in this way of all personal development is perhaps the number one most important thing because it applies to so many key situations. Changes are usually inflection points in our lives that have outsized impacts. Knowing this, I went on a journey to develop a framework to turn change into opportunity. For me, the secret lied in a personality test I had taken many years ago. I was cleaning out some files and found these papers. And what the personality said, test said is I'm totally normal in every way except one area. And that one area is called need for change. So apparently I have an outsized need for change, which means I like it on some level. So I had to ask myself, if I had been driving the changes that were occurring in my life as opposed to them happening to me, and my conclusion was in many ways I had, but I wasn't doing it actively. So now I knew I had been driving changes. I just had to figure out a framework for driving positive changes. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out the answer, and I'm going to give it to you here, because I don't want you to go through the same pain that I did in my life. If I'm being totally honest with myself, the largest source of pain that I've experienced has been around internal strife over changes that I thought I had no control over. I don't know if you've ever been through something like this, but what I found is that when you're proactive with change and view it as opportunity, not only does your productivity go through the roof, but so does your happiness. Because the truth is, you have no control over many changes, and change in life is one of the only constants. But you do have control over what you do with it. And when you view change as a positive, even an opportunity, all of a sudden life becomes an adventure, and you become a lot happier. What's amazing is that after I adapted this simple framework, not only have I been more successful in dealing with changes in business, but I've also been happier in my personal life. My work ethic and commitment to excellence have gone up, and at the same time, my joy and leisure has also gone up. Every area of my life has gotten better, 
all because of a simple framework that helps me actively seek opportunities from change, as opposed to just, quote, dealing with change. So here's the framework. I hope it helps you as much as it's helped me. But before I get to the solution, I want to talk to you a little about how things used to be and how things are now. A lot of people are looking at the way that things are now and the pace of change and feeling like the pace of change has accelerated and we have it so much harder than our parents did. The truth is we do have it harder than our parents did, but our parents lived in a unique time in the history of the world. In the post-World War II era, many nations, especially the U.S., were in a period of long peace and relative simplicity and freedom from a lot of changes. The Industrial Revolution ushered in an era of high job stability, and many of the comforts that we currently enjoy today were already in place. As a result, the path to prosperity was very predictable. You went and got a high school degree, you could get a manufacturing job, get a college degree, you were looking at a professional job. And the income from that professional job would be enough for you to pay for a very nice lifestyle. And people didn't have a lot of debt. The prices of homes went up consistently. There weren't significant financial calamities. Starting with the dot-com bubble of the 2000 and the catastrophe of 9-11, the mortgage meltdown of 2008, the false growth and wealth created by central bank money printing since then, we face significantly more financial changes than our parents experienced in their entire generation. However, their parents, our grandparents, faced much greater, greater change than we have. They went through World War I, the Great Depression, and World War II. The generations previous to our grandparents, going all the way back to the dawn of humanity, faced unbelievable change in their day-to-day -day environment. The relative consistency of environment that we enjoy as a result of air-conditioned heat, running water, and the other modern conveniences our ancient ancestors would have given anything to have this type of stability. But are the climate-controlled environments that we enjoy doing us any favors when it comes to dealing with change? The answer is a resounding no, according to Ph.D. scholar Augustine Fuentes. In his book, The Creative Spark, he discusses how, in our DNA, we are 96% the same as chimpanzees. The trait that humans evolved that makes us so vastly different from monkeys is creativity. So in the same way that a cheetah likes to run very fast in order to catch a gazelle, our human brains have evolved to be creative. What's the number one trait required for turning change into opportunity? Creativity. The dictionary defines creativity as the use of imagination or original ideas. Synonyms are listed as inventiveness and innovation, all traits that are ideal for turning change into opportunity. So what point am I making here? The point is, many people say that the pace of change has accelerated and talk about it like it's a bad thing. They talk about it like it's something we have to deal with. Anytime you approach something from the frame of, quote, dealing with it, your attitude is compromised. There's this bad thing and I have to deal with it. So let me try to figure it out. I don't know about you, but that sounds like drudgery to me. I want to flip that concept on its head. Talking about the pace of change, like it's a negative, is a crutch. The reality is, even though we face more change than our parents, we face far less change, especially to our daily environment, than our ancient ancestors did. They experience environmental changes daily. 
Our brains are uniquely, invo- uniquely evolved to, to be creative. It's the thing that sets us apart from animals. And so we're at our most human when we're creating. When we talk about being ourselves, one of the key things that makes us happiest is being creative. An environment of rapid change is the fuel that drives creativity. So rather than talk about, quote, dealing with change, constantly be scanning the environment for changes that are coming, and then use your creative mind to come up with amazing opportunities for you and for the world to embrace those changes. Okay, here's the framework. Step one, ask yourself what changes are outside of your control that are going to be coming into your life in the next five years. There's no reason to be surprised or unprepared. The key element that you need here is personal honesty. You have to be honest with yourself about the changes that are likely coming. Take stock and write them down. What's your plan? That's step one. And it's all about calming your mind so you can generate tremendous opportunity from step two. Step two is ask yourself what changes are coming in the world that people haven't turned into opportunity yet, but that are uniquely positioned for you to benefit from. And when I say the world, it could be the overall world, for example, like the advent of the internet, or it could be your personal world, your industry, your company, your department. Let's break it down some more. When changes are coming and you see them coming, but other people don't see them, that's an opportunity. Most people who are good at seeing changes coming just complain. But like all complaining, I find this to be a total waste of time. Some people have difficulty seeing the future. And so if you see it and you know it to be true and all you do is complain to other people about it, they won't think you're that smart because they just don't see it. And guess what? Even when the change happens, they'll forget that you told them about it in the first place. So you won't get any credit. But they'll remember how you made them feel when you were complaining. Nobody likes a complainer. And it doesn't do any good. In short, there's no upside to seeing the future and telling out other people about it if they don't see the same future. Now, if you're a leader, your job is to paint a vision of the, of the future so that other people can come along for the ride. But this post is about change and not leadership. I'll talk about leadership in another post. So when you seek change coming, rather than complain, use your brain to think about how other people could benefit from this change in the future. The perfect example is how people took advantage of video advertising when YouTube first came out. Internet connections were slow and the videos were lame and grainy. Traditional industry loved to tell us how it was a waste of time. They said that television was the only way to make an impact. But the people that jumped on board with video advertising totally crushed it. Most of them have made enough money that they don't really care that the TV advertisers are coming on now and driving the price up because the real money has already been made. I'm also here to tell you that I've been late to the party in this area, but even though I'm late, I'm still bringing my passion to the table. And while it might seem like I'm late, the truth is I'm early because these things play out over a lot longer than most people would ever think. So back to the framework. Step one is you have to see change coming. How do you do that? Pay attention. Follow online thought leaders. What are they saying? Is it bullshit or is it real? The more you pay attention to changes and see them coming, the better at it you'll be. Like developing any skill, great entrepreneurs are often called visionaries. It's not that they can see things better than the rest of us. It's that the things that they're looking at are often more important. 
If you're spending a lot of time watching nonsense TV, you're literally wasting your life. If all you do, if your only takeaway from this video is to stop watching all the nonsense TV and instead get on YouTube and follow some thought leaders and start listening to them, that alone will equip you to see change coming and thrive. Okay, step three. Once you've seen the change coming, you have to figure out how you are uniquely positioned to take advantage of it. You might run a company. Your company has certain resources, and those resources can be brought to bear to take advantage of the new change. For example, Gary Vaynerchuk was a wine enthusiast. He built an e-commerce business. Now he runs an ad agency. It's a lot bigger than his wine business. A lot of people would say, how do you go from wine to advertising? The answer is, he didn't go from wine to advertising. He went from being a buyer of advertising for himself to being a buyer of advertising for other people. And just like everything in life, when you expand your circle of influence to go from helping yourself to helping other people, you become more successful. That's an example of taking something that's unique to you and adapting it to a larger change that happened in the market. When the internet first got started, in many cases, the people who benefited most were hyper good with technology. There were a lot of marketers who tried to make things happen online, but they couldn't do anything if they didn't have a good tech guy at their side. And there weren't that many good tech guys because the technology was new. So if you could put together a bunch of the best tech guys, software programmers, suddenly you had a competitive advantage. Today's world is vastly different because of the advent of tools that handle most of the technology for you and the proliferation of high-speed internet. A huge skill set for the new internet age is the ability to present and convince people. As you can probably tell, I'm new at this. I'm a lot, lot more comfortable as a writer. I'm a lot more comfortable with technology. But I've recognized that you e either adapt to the new reality of video or you get left behind. Anyone who's out there, who's very unique, who's creative, I'm talking to you. Maybe you didn't do so well in school, but you've got charisma and you aren't taking advantage of online video to build a personal brand. You're missing a huge opportunity. You're making the excuse that you don't understand the technology. But let me just tell you, my friend, it's a lame excuse. If you're a CEO and you're charismatic and you like to talk to people and you're not taking that charisma and putting it online to talk to your customers specifically with the intent of helping them then my friend, you're missing a huge opportunity. If you work in a company and you know you're great on video and you're being underutilized and you're not rising through the ranks and you don't understand why, my friend, you're missing a huge opportunity. Make a video where you're talking directly to the customers of your company and telling them things that are helpful for them. Live in their world. That's called great content. But the big change is that great content is now advertising. Let me say that again. Great content and advertising are now the same thing. Work and work and work till you can produce a great video and take it to whoever runs marketing at your company. And if, they'll smart, if they're smart, they're going to use you in the future to reach millions of people on Facebook and Instagram. All of a sudden, you've done emotional labor and you're worth more to your company now than you were before. That's seeing change before it happens, 
embracing it, and turning it into an opportunity for yourself. Okay, here's some key do's and don'ts as it relates to embracing change and turning it into opportunity. First, don't ever complain about a change that's already occurred. Bad idea. You didn't see it coming, which means you weren't paying attention. And you're complaining about something you can't do anything about. You are also orienting yourself to future change in a negative way. Do's and don'ts number two. Don't look at changes that are being advertised, but everybody already knows about. And then work to try and take advantage of that obvious change in too big a way. For example, you might see the changes that are happening in social media and think that you're going to use social media to end world hunger. While this is an admirable goal, no offense, but you're not Bill Gates. It's probably not realistic given your resources. You need to be more specific about how your specific strengths that are unique to you can be used to make a specific impact. Another big mistake I've seen related to change is getting too much information from mainstream sources. If the only people you follow on Instagram are entertainers, for example, people like the Kardashians, you may not be filling your mind with enough forward-thinking information. Pay attention to thought leaders. Fill your mind with wisdom from people who have seen changes coming before and been able to capitalize on them. For example, often the mainstream is completely wrong and late to the party. A good example is that a proven investment strategy is to wait for a market crash to be on the cover of the USA Today and then buy stocks. It's proven to work again and again. It's not enough for it to be advertised on the cover of the Wall Street Journal because the Wall Street Journal might be ahead of the curve. But when the market crash is broadcast on the cover of the mainstream paper, that's a time to buy. By the same token, when the mainstream paper is talking about how stocks are the only way to build wealth and all you have to do is buy and hold and go to sleep, that's when you know it's probably time to sell. Okay, last do's and don'ts. This is specifically for you CEOs out here, out there. If you've got a group of business leader friends from other industries, pull them together because people inside your industry can subconsciously repress changes that are coming because those changes will be detrimental to them. For example, I personally spent seven years in the power industry, and even though all the numbers showed that renewable energy was going gangbusters and renewable energy would not be as profitable for manufacturers, the manufacturers, including General Electric and Siemens, representing some of the smartest people in the world, were in denial that they wouldn't be as profitable in the age of renewables. But here's the thing. Not only were they in denial, but the rest of the industry ecosystem, including me, was as well. The entire industry was in denial. So were the investors. If you look at General Electric stock, a lot of the smartest investors in the world were betting on it a couple years ago, in spite of the fact that at the same time, many people were forecasting a massive expansion in renewable energy globally. This, of course, is a good thing, because renewable energy is better for the planet. Even though I consider myself someone who's good at seeing changes coming, I didn't fully appreciate the impact that renewables would have on equipment makers who benefited from natural gas-based power generation. In short, I missed it. The reason I missed it is because I was too entrenched and invested in the industry. Had I been talking to more people outside the industry, I'm convinced I would have seen it coming. But like many business leaders, I was just focused on growing my own business. 
This is why not paying attention to the world around you is a bad idea. Our environment is changing. And just like our ancient ancestors would send scouts out before they went on a hunt, we need to be paying attention to the changes that are coming and turn those changes into opportunities. Okay, we're wrapping up here, but before we go, I want you to do something right now. I never end my program without asking my viewers to go out and do one thing. I'm here to help you do great work and be great at helping others. And great work starts with action. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Google and I want you to type in the phrase, biggest change coming in. And after the word in, I want you to fill in the blank with something that relates to you. For example, I have might have put biggest change coming in the power industry. Now that I make my living in B2B sales and marketing, I might type in biggest change coming in B2B sales and marketing. Scan what's coming up, pick a source that you think is credible, click on it, and then pick something. Or maybe you already know. What's the biggest change coming in your industry? If you don't currently work in an industry that you like, pick an industry that you want to work in. Like I said, go to Google, type biggest change coming in, and maybe you want to be a big shot advertiser in social media, type biggest change coming in social media advertising. Pick something that you think is real. Don't bullshit yourself. Pick something that you really think is going to happen and make a difference. Take that one thing, write it down on the top of a piece of paper. Now, on the rest of the piece of paper, I want you to write down three questions. Question number one, why should I care about this change? Question number two, how am I uniquely positioned to help other people benefit from this change? And question number three, so what is the first small step I should take right now? It's a basic exercise, but if you do this exercise once a year, it'll take you less than an hour. But over the course of your life, this one exercise could give you massive leverage and change your destiny. Question of the day. What's a change you're dealing with in your life or your industry? Put the answer in the comments below. Remember that many times the best ideas come from you, the Start to Be Great community. So definitely connect with everybody in the comments section. I'm Peter with RevG Media. I truly hope this video helps you do great work and be great at helping others. We'll talk soon. Until next time, get out there and start to be great. That's all for today. Thanks for listening in. Do me a huge favor. If you got any value from this podcast at all, please subscribe and share it with your friends. There's no bigger compliment and I truly appreciate it. Until next time, this has been the Peter Perry Audio Smash.